Section 8 of The Vegetable Garden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sherry Gardner. The Vegetable Garden by Ida Dandridge Bennett. Chapter 6 On the Sowing of Seed. There is no part of the garden work which calls for such nice judgment and careful attention as the sowing of seed. Most of the failures originate right here, and a large share of the blame devoted to the seeds and seedsmen, if traced back to its original source, would be found to rest on the ignorance or carelessness of the gardener. In the first place, there is a tendency among a large class of people to get something for nothing, or at least at a bargain. This results in the purchase of cheap seeds or premium seeds, or seeds are purchased of the local grocer or seedsman and may, probably, have lain on his shelves from the season before, or an even earlier date. Now, to have a successful garden, one must start right by buying good seeds of reliable seedsmen and seeds of plants suited to one's own locality. If in addition the seeds have been grown in practically the same latitude, so much the better. It ensures a hardy constitution, acclimated to the conditions which prevail in your particular locality. Now, as a general thing, good seed means high-priced seeds or seeds for which one pays a reasonable amount. This is as it should be. One should not expect to raise premium vegetables from cheap scrub seed, and there is as great a difference in the pedigree of seed as in that of animals. Then one should not only see that they are securing the best seed that the market affords, but they should secure it in time, not wait until they are ready to plant and then rush off an order, hurriedly prepared and half the things needed forgotten, and most of the others wrong, and expect to receive them by return mail. The spring of the year is a busy time with the seedsman, and it is but fair to him, as well as just to yourself, to give him a reasonable time to fill your order by getting it in early. If Mr. Jones has ordered an ounce of silver-skin peppers and Ruby King parsnips, there ought to be time allowed for the seedsman to inquire what Mr. Jones really wants, and not be obliged to fill his order by guesswork. Of course, he will readily understand that what is wanted is ruby king peppers and silver skin onions. But how about the parsnips? Late in winter or early in spring, one should go over their seeds, which have been saved from the home garden, and ascertain how far they meet the requirements of the coming year. Then a list of such seeds as are not on hand should be made, and the catalogues consulted for prices and varieties. The list made up then may, probably will, need frequent revising, and by the time it is mailed to the seedsman may be trusted to supply just about the varieties and quantities wanted. And, speaking of quantity, it will be about as cheap, in a good many cases, to buy by the ounce as by the packet. 
especially is this the case with those seeds of which it may be necessary to make repeated sowings as cucumbers squashes melons beans and the like a cold wet spring often entails much replanting and sufficient seed should be on hand to enable one to replant at once when it is discovered that the first planting is for any reason abortive owing to the proneness of seeds of vine plants to rot in the ground if too wet or cold a much greater quantity of seed is required generous planting of these seeds is also necessary on account of the ravages of the squash bug which must be liberally fed to induce him to leave a plant or two for the garden next in importance to the quality of the seeds is the time in which they are sown there are a few seeds which may be gotten into the ground as early as it can be worked beets cabbage lettuce onions peas salsify spinach and turnips are all planted for early crops as soon as the ground can be worked but such early planting of corn tomatoes melons cucumbers and other heat-loving plants would simply result in the loss of both time and seed the condition of the soil also has a marked influence on the germination of the seed when the ground is still wet from the frost in spring it is not in condition for successful sowing of seed it is better to wait until it has dried sufficiently to be mellow and tractable before sowing any kind of seed too dry a soil is seldom a cause of complaint in early spring but is a condition which sometimes gives trouble in the summer when seed of various vegetables are sown for a succession as late corn turnips and the like as it is not expedient to wait for the rain at this time the proper conditions are partially secured by tramping the seed down very firmly and watering the rows well after sowing the thorough firming of the soil over the seed is of the utmost importance this and the depth at which the seeds are planted for in sowing seed in the open ground much greater depth is necessary than would be given the same seed in the hotbed a case in point occurred this last season in my own garden when the planting of peas for a succession and lima beans was left to an assistant the most careful directions were given as to the manner in which they were to be sown plant these peas i said handing him a package of knots excelsior four inches deep and scatter them thinly in the rows tramp the rows down firmly and when you have finished go over the surface of the rows very lightly with the lawn rake be very careful to only scrape the surface of the soil so as to leave a light dust mulch so that the soil will not dry out and these handing a packet of drear's bush limas are to be planted two inches deep two inches apart in the drills and the soil tramped down over but these being planted so much more shallow you need not use the rake make the drills for each a foot apart for two drills then leave two feet between to cultivate through yes'm i understand an hour later he reports for more work well how deep did you plant those peas four inches deep tramped down the rows and raked them over planted the beans two inches deep and two inches apart in the row and tramped them down he answered glibly 
Very good. A few days after a heavy rain, and every pea on top of the ground and all sprouted, but nowhere any beans. An investigation demonstrated that the beans were reposing four inches below the surface, all sprouted and decayed. Result, the loss of both crops. He had simply mixed those babies up. Had they been planted as directed, there would have been an excellent crop of semi-early peas and an abundant supply of beans. The tramping down of the seed should never be omitted when the ground is in a dry condition. On very wet soil, it is not necessary nor best, but on dry soil, it is indispensable. The reason for it is obvious. If the soil is dry and lies loosely about the seed, there will not be sufficient moisture to cause the seed to germinate. Or, should it be able to do so, the contact with the soil will not be close enough to allow the tiny roots to take hold upon it. And without this immediate connection, the young sprout cannot grow but will wither and die. Planted in loose soil, the seed may lie in a space between two particles of soil, very tiny, but to the little hair-like roots a veritable cavern, through which they will grope in vain for food and moisture. When the earth is pressed firmly about the seed, it comes in immediate contact at every point, and can at once, when germination takes place, lay hold upon the earth and grow. It is not well to plant seed, especially that which is only lightly covered just before a hard rain, but a gentle rain is a distinct advantage. In the small home garden, the delay of a day or two in the planting is not often the cause of serious loss, though it may well be of moment to the commercial gardener. It is much more important that it shall not be gotten into the ground too soon than that it shall not be planted too late. To be sure, if one has an abundance of seed and does not care for the labor involved, then the chances of getting an early crop by early planting may be worthwhile. But as a general thing, seed planted when the soil has become warm and the nights are warm will make enough more rapid growth to more than balance the difference in time and can usually be trusted to overtake the earlier planted seed plants. In my early gardening experience, I was very ambitious about getting things started at the earliest possible moment, and to have things a little in advance of my neighbors, but several years of covering plants in the open ground to protect them from frost has quite cured me of any undue ambition. I am quite willing that my neighbor's tomatoes shall ripen a day or two ahead of mine if in return they will collect blankets, quilts, canvas, and other protective material, and spend frosty hours spreading them over tender plants scattered over an acre or two of ground, and trail around in the dew of the morning removing them, while I toast my toes by the fire and read my evening paper. Unless the time and the condition of the ground is entirely favorable, it will be well to plant only a portion of the seed at a time, reserving enough for a second planting should the first fail to come up, or the young plants be destroyed in any way. Should the seeds fail to come up in a reasonable time, do not be in too great haste to blame the seedsman, but go over the operation carefully in your mind.
and try and see if the fault may not have been in your management of the seed. I know that this is not an especially pleasant task, for, in the first heat of disappointment, it is a relief to be able to blame someone else for our misfortunes. But I can assure you that it is a very profitable process, and one by which the amateur gardener learns and grows wise. End of chapter 6 Recording by Sherry Gardner